0: Uh, Morning, y'all. So, uh, you know, this 12-step series has kind of caused me to do a little reminiscent about my own past, and um, (laughs) it just caused me to remember the day that I walked into a therapist's office to have my very first counseling session, and um, I have to admit that I was pretty naive about, you know, the whole counseling thing, and uh, the therapist wanted to begin by getting some family history on me. And so she said, so like, can you tell me a little bit about you know, some of your family dysfunction growing up? And you know, I looked at her and with all the truth that I had in the moment, I said, dysfunction? Like we didn't have any dysfunction. And you'd have thought I said the world was flat. And I mean, she was like freaking, it was kind of like we were playing charades and she was trying to give me the right answer, you know, but, uh, it, it wasn't happening. She goes, "Well, let, let's try this uh, another way. Why don't you tell me a little bit about some of the dysfunction that's going on in your life now?" And again, I say, "Dysfunction? I ain't got no dysfunction." And now this woman looks like she's ready to lose it on me. And I, you know, I had no idea what was really going on. But the one thing that I knew for sure is I had given the wrong answer. Well, before long, I mean, it didn't take really <laughs> that long at all. This lady had me exactly where she wanted me, and like all the dysfunction in my family came out, and all the dysfunction in my personal life came out. Before long, I was laying on the couch in the fetal position, sucking my thumb. You know, it wasn't pretty. But here's the thing that I've learned about dysfunction when you are in dysfunction, it doesn't feel dysfunctional, does it? It feels normal. When it's all you know, it seems really normal primarily because you've never experienced what a healthy life looks like. And I know that there's a lot of us that have never experienced a healthy family background or a healthy life that we're living even now. And so what we're trying to do in this series called Strong in the Broken Places is to take these 12 steps that are typically used for recovery and saying, these are 12 steps that we can use that will create a pathway for us to to lead a healthier life. And so today we're going to be focused in on step 10, which I'm going to say really it kind of marks a distinction today because The steps that we've been dealing with previously have all been dealing with our past issues, the stuff that we have grown up with or dealt with or the issues that are in our past or cleaning up our past. Step 10, we start taking a step forward. We start making changes that really are important for us if we're going to put that dysfunction in our past and start living a whole new life. Life And so step 10 says quite simply that we're going to continue to take personal inventory of ourselves and when we are wrong, that we'll promptly admit it. Step 10 is where we stop hiding from our past and we begin to live authentically. We let go of the tight grip that our issue has on us and we've been describing our issue as this Goliath, this sweaty, nasty giant, right, that has this hold on us and that we need to be able to break free of that as we move forward. And so step 10 is where we transition from saying, I need to change to now we say, I really, really want to change. So if you could imagine that when we started this series, we were like in a big class full of people, like a big pack that we were all trying to work to kind of turn our lives around, it's when you move on to step 10 that people start to drop off and the pack starts thinning out because here's where it starts getting real. Like it's one thing to admit there's this kind of problem that I'm dealing with that you know, is in my past. But it's a whole other thing where we're willing to take that step where we're now trying to do the hard work of creating change for the rest of our lives. It's pretty daunting to think about. And so step 10 says to continue to take personal inventory, to painstakingly take personal inventory of ourselves. And when we are wrong, we promptly admit it. You know, I think um, we get... I think a lot of us get trapped into living inauthentically, and it's when we experience issues or problems in our lives, and we don't feel like we can admit or share those issues with anyone because we're too ashamed of what we've done, or we don't trust anybody enough with the information that we feel comfortable sharing about the mess that we have in our lives, and so we stay trapped in our own private pain. But when we go through junk in our lives, and we get to the other side of it, we can finally stop pretending like we have everything all together. Because the truth is, we don't. And we can start being honest about who we really are, our past, our issues, but also we can finally be honest about who we're striving to be because we see the possibility that we really can be that. I mean, isn't it refreshing to be around somebody who doesn't just sit there and they like talk about themselves like all the time and they talk about how great they are and all this stuff and it's always about them. People who aren't afraid to get real and talk about their mistakes and failures and problems, what they've learned, what they believe, how they've coped, how they've endured, how they've gone through it. Those are the people who are comfortable in their own skin. And those are people that have been through the crap of life and they're not afraid to talk about it. Those are the people I want to hang out with. I mean, that's why I'm really drawn to people who have been through recovery because it's typically people who have hit bottom and there's nothing left where it's all out there and it's exposed and they're just, here I am. And there's a sense of authenticity about it that I'm just drawn to. You see, being a Christian is not an easy life. And you are not a hypocrite when you fail. You are not a hypocrite when you fall down the path that leads to Jesus. We're only hypocritical when we pretend like we don't have problems, and we pretend like we don't have issues, and we're living that inauthentic life. I have to tell you, I've been through some stuff in my life, and I wouldn't wish it on my own worst enemy. And... I have to say that I have developed a strength and a resiliency, and hopefully a wisdom, that I wouldn't have had before had I not gone through that otherwise. I can tell you that it wasn't fun. And I can tell you that I don't ever want to go through it again. I am grateful for having gone through it and it's made me a different person as I've come out the other side and I am stronger in the broken places as a result of it. Stronger than I could have even imagined. But how do we do that proactively? How how do we do it without our lives having to blow up, right? How do we really move forward and do this from a practical standpoint? How do we move from being stuck with this sweaty, sweaty, ugly Goliath in our lives that has caused so much pain and destruction in our life into a life of authenticity where now this Goliath has no control on me anymore. He has no hold over me. Here's what I believe. I believe that the biggest obstacle to moving forward is a little something we call shame. And I want to clarify because a lot of people confuse shame with guilt. And while they may seem like a similar emotion, they're actually two very different, subtle, but two very different things. You see, guilt is when a person feels bad about something that was done. Your conscience notifies you, hey, your behavior is off. And it motivates you to correct it. So while guilt can motivate a person to apologize or to make amends, shame, on the other hand, actually holds you back from taking that step. Because of the things that you have done in your life, shame says you're a bad person. It's not just a bad thing you did, you're a bad person. And when you believe that about yourself, it holds you back from healing. Shame makes you want to hide and disappear in the shadows and ultimately can drag you back into destructive behaviors. Shame is a focus on self. Guilt is a focus on the behavior. Shame says, I am bad. Guilt is, I did something bad. You see the distinction? Shame is a, is a super complex problem with a lot of contributing factors and so many that we can't cover them all. But let me just give you just a few examples because it's possible that the root of your shame comes from somebody, somebody that you loved who told lies about you or gossiped about you to a group of people that you cared about and it caused shame in your life. It's possible that you were under the, uh, the spell of some leader, who was an authority figure in your life, who manipulated you. And that includes the church or school or wherever it is. And that created a shame. It's possible that you, your shame is rooted in a false guilt that holds you back from moving forward because of the things that you've done in your past or because of something somebody did to you in the past. But God... God wants something different for you. God wants you to be able to step out of the shadows of shame and know that what you have done is not who you are. It's just what you did. And you have the power to redefine who you are by moving forward and becoming the person God created you to become. And so shame becomes the biggest barrier to us taking this next step because it prevents us from being our authentic self enough that we can't feel comfortable admitting things about ourselves in real time. It not only keeps us from developing deep and intimate relationships with other people, it keeps us from developing a deep and intimate relationship with God. Shame seduces us into believing things about ourselves that just aren't true. And it whispers in our ear and it says things like, I'm a failure. I'm unimportant. I'm unlovable. I'm a bad person. I don't deserve to be happy. Or I don't deserve to be with this person because they're so much better than me. Nothing stops healing and paralyzes our growth like shame. I mean, it creates this chronic sense of unworthiness and inferiority that can result in us feeling disconnected from life and love and God. It it zaps our zest for life and we become like the walking dead. It can destroy our very soul and take away our vibrancy. And so here's how this plays out in a real practical way. Let's say that we do something that we know we shouldn't be doing. We make a mistake We engage in some destructive behavior and so we feel guilty, which is a good thing because guilt motivates us to correct that behavior. However, in that moment, instead of coming clean and addressing that issue like the 12 steps suggest, we make a decision. We're going to bury it. We're gonna sweep that thing under the rug. We are not gonna deal with that thing. We're gonna pretend like it never happened. We're not gonna talk about it. We're not, it didn't even exist. Now, now we're in real trouble. Because burying our issues plants this seed for shame, and so shame begins to take root. And grow until it eventually takes over our life. And what happens is we get caught in the cycle of shame. It opens the door for us thinking that we're unworthy, that I am unworthy, and it causes us then to believe that I'm unworthy, and then it causes me then to behave in an unworthy manner because I have deceived myself into believing that this is who I really am. But let me tell you, this is not who you are. Now, instead of heading down the path of healing, we start to deteriorate and spiral out of control because we become so overwhelmed with shame that we need some way just to to cope with the overwhelming feelings of shame. And so we need this, like, temporary escape and we seek comfort in, in ways that we shouldn't seek comfort, which then causes us to go back to the destructive behavior that caused us to get into this mess in the first place. And so we get stuck in this cycle, and we can't get out. We go through the whole thing again and again and again, and it feels like we just can't break free. And so I think it's important to address and to understand how it is that shame is allowed to grow in our lives and how it can have such a hold on us. And so there's three things that, no matter what you study, I think that everyone would agree that there's three things that that allows shame to have a hold on us. And the first one is secrecy. When we bury that thing and we don't address it. The second one is silence. We never talk about it. We never deal with it. We never discuss our pain, mistakes, or past. Dr. Brene Brown put it like this. She said, by keeping your secrets quiet, your shame will grow exponentially. It will creep into every corner and crevice of your life until it eventually destroys you. And the third way that it's allowed to continue to grow is just self-judgment. Like we are our own worst critics and we get into our head in this dark place and we just talk ourselves down all the time and we tear ourselves down to the point that we have no esteem left. But here's the good news. There's ways to overcome it. And through from my own personal experience when I have gone through shame in my past, And in just studying it, here are the three things that I think are the most important to overcoming shame. And the first one is just talk about it. Tell the story of your past and pain and shame with people that you trust. And get it out there. This is where we push our shame from hiding in the darkness where our Goliath has taken up residency in the basement of our lives and we keep him hidden down there where he has complete control to now pushing it out into the light of day where now you introduce all of your friends to your Goliath. You have a big Goliath party and now you have a group of people who will support you and not allow him to have his hold over you anymore. In other words, the stuff that you are the most ashamed of is out there, and when it's out in the open, it can no longer have a hold on you. The more you speak openly about that thing that you are ashamed of, the less power it has over you. The second thing is that we have to forgive ourselves and forgive those who have hurt you. Both of these are very difficult. Easier said than done. But I truly believe, and the Bible makes no mistake in saying it, that forgiveness is essential to opening up the path to healing. It's releasing it to God and refusing to allow my bitterness about myself or someone else to overcome me. I am not allowing... That resentment to sit out there unresolved where it is allowed to just be out of control because it will grow and eat at me like a cancer. And then the third one is having the ability to visualize a new you. This is really where we were talking about with the change or die message. When you can see what life looks like on the other side what you can see what a healthy life looks like without your Goliath there with his arm around you. It changes your ability to envision your future for yourself that is healthy and vibrant, and it energizes your self-esteem, and it gives you this positive motivation to continue to move forward. The key to sustainable change and healing is being able to break that cycle of shame and move forward down a new path that will lead to a new you. And look, I get it. I mean, we are digging into the most tender areas of our life, and it's super tough stuff. But the truth that I know to be true is that you have to acknowledge what's broken before you can heal it. To experience God's power to change, I need to get whatever is lurking there in the darkest part of my life into the light of day. And while it can be super scary... We have this promise from Isaiah. Fear not, for you will no longer have to live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will not be humiliated. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth or the pain of your loss. This is where step 10 comes in. Because now with your stuff out there and your shame behind you, you can begin to live authentically. And you can now, in real time, own your stuff. In other words, again, it's one thing to admit that we've made mistakes in the past, but it's a whole nother thing to admit that we've screwed up just a minute ago. Where we can now be open and honest with ourselves, about ourselves, and we can immediately recognize we're in the middle of the situation, and we can stop and go, Oh my gosh, that was so stupid. I am so sorry. And now instead of stuffing it, we now admit it. And when we admit it in real time, we can now get it out and move on. Because when we deal with it now, it has no power over me later. The Bible says that we don't have to live in darkness anymore that we can with all confidence step into the light of God and stand before him exposed for who we really are. Why? Because of a little word called grace. And my definition of grace is when somebody knows all the junk about you, all the bad stuff, all your issues, all your messed upness, all the junk of your past, and they love you anyway, and they got your back, and they stand by your side, and you walk together. That is what the grace of God is. Jesus broke the cycle of shame when he gave us grace, so that when we walk through these steps and we come to him and we ask him for forgiveness, we have this promise. And it says that as far as the east is from the west, he has removed our sin from us so that we can now move forward with our head held high with no shame because we walk forward sinless. Not because we haven't screwed up. Not because we won't screw up again. But because Jesus has given us the a power and the ability through his forgiveness to free us from that. And we can know that what we have done in the past, what we've done in the past is not who we are today. And so the Bible says that after our lives have blown up and the dust settles and there's this pile of ash from the aftermath, that from the pain of our past, that God will create something beautiful in us. Because it's in our times of pain that we truly get the fact that we are not as strong as we think we are. And I'm just telling you, we're all in the same bucket. We've all screwed up. We all got stuff that we deal with. We have all made mistakes. We all have pain from our past. We got baggage. We have all kinds of stuff. We are all in the same bucket. And we've all been lying in the same position at some point or another in our lives where we are broken and beaten up. And it's in that moment, that is a defining moment, when all of a sudden we realize, I need God. I need Him. And it's then that we become strong in the broken places. It's in that moment moment that our faith becomes strong enough to break the cycle of shame and we realize that we have this beautiful mess that's been created that is part of who I am it's part of my DNA and I can be my authentic self because Jesus has freed me up from my past so that I can now become the person that God created me to be